What's up, everybody? You're on the Bulletproof Mafia, and I'm Michael Munsterman with my good friend Ted Johnson. Today's episode Power Executed. So, Power Executed, Ted is one of my very best friends in the entire world, and I wanted him on the podcast. I've been threatening to get him on the podcast for a long time. Um, I don't know. We've talked about it a hundred times, probably. A million times, yes. Yeah. And uh, Ted and I have a personal relationship. We do business together on a lot of different levels. And so, inside of this evolution of, of our friendship, I've watched him grow as an entrepreneur i've watched you scale to some really cool shit yes sir um and it's been a lot of fun i'm super selective about who i have on the podcast i don't i don't bring guests on because they have great big followings or because i'm trying to get penetration in the marketplace i i bring people on who i either share like an extreme point of view with Mm -hmm. or who i have an entirely polar point of view with right in our case i think we have both right we have yeah, lots of things we agree on a lot, and then we have lots of things that we entirely disagree on. That's a very true statement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that I think that we agree on and why I wanted him on here is um, if you can see Ted, so if you're, on our, if you're on our Facebook Live or if you're watching on YouTube or whatever, um, you'll see that Ted is a very muscular fit <laughs> Like he's the kind of guy that would squash my scrawny little melon <laughs> if he needed to. Um, but I say that because I've watched Ted when he's been much physically bigger than you are right here today yeah. and still sitting here next to you. You're a big athletic guy uh, and I love it. But that power demonstrated in him physically, I've seen him execute and use inside of his personal life, personal relationships, inside of his business. And this is something that I've spent a lot of time talking about on the show. And so I, I would love um, to just share and, and jump back how we met, how, you know, the evolutions happened. And, and then we'll jump into some topic along the way and just see kind of where it goes. Sounds good. Awesome. So what what do the people who are listening, like, what do they need to know about Ted? Like, tell, um, who, are, who are you? Uh, very family oriented. Uh, I can't say the word self-made because I've had a lot of people around me to actually help put me in positions to be able to be self-sufficient. Um, 100% about my son and my family, because that's where I believe the future is, is in our youth. But again, my son in particular, because I've seen so many people delve away from their kids and push their responsibility off, but that's a whole different other podcast. So uh, I'm just I'm just an individual just trying to just trying to make things wave, trying to find my path, trying to make my wave where I fit in. Right. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so y- you own your own company. Yes, that's correct. Okay. And, uh, and how long have you been in business for yourself? For myself, about three and a half years. Yeah. Yes. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. I mean, being able to just pick bits and pieces from everybody that I worked with before mm-hmm. picking their best practices and applying it to myself and making necessary tweaks. I love it. Yeah. So you and I met, um, do you remember the first day we met? I remember the first day we met. Yes. Gentleman named Warwick Stevenson from Australia brought me out to the office in Brookfield. I'm like Brookfield, Missouri. As we was driving through Brookfield, I'm looking around like, um, let me lock my doors. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, it was interesting sitting in just coming in, sitting in your office, meeting you for the very first time. Yeah, it was quite interesting so um let's let's like let's talk about um what we did back then so (laughs) we sold 
we traveled to the most hillbilly towns you could ever possibly go to. Yes. And we had the most hillbilly vendors. Like I say hillbilly. Right. These are farm and home stores. Yes. They measure you on the size of your boots, your belt buckle, and your cowboy hat. There you go. <laughs> Every single one of them. Have you ever owned a cowboy hat? No, <laughs> not, not even cowboy boots. Not even boots. All right. So, um, and, and what we did in those days is we would go into these farm and home stores and we would sell a $500 product to, um, to 60 plus year old conservatives. That was our demographic old couples. Yes, sir. And they, they acted like they were buying crack off the back of the trailer. <laughs> they would come out to the trailer. They grab a sales guy while the sales guy's sitting up in there trying to do like a hand to hand, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, you, I'll pay you cash. If you give me one right here, give me a little bit of a discount. And these guys are back there taking four or $500 right. cash from somebody, hand them a, a, a heater off the back of the trailer. And it was, it was crazy. It was. Um, but you had, had, had they had Warwick explained to you what you were getting yourself into? Um, or did he just tell you, man, I'm making a bunch of money. I, I can't even do it in Australia. Right. What, what's the Australian accent? Work, if you hear this, I'm sorry, I just butchered the Australian <laughs> accent. I might. Right, there you go. There you go. <laughs> hit it with a mic. <laughs> right. Skew him on the Barbie. <laughs> yeah, it was, he gave me a brief synopsis, didn't really get into detail, but he said it was pretty much a lot of backwood, I'm not going to say what they said, but it's a bunch of backwood people that probably wouldn't be too likened to my kind. Your kind. Yes. This is an audio show. Yes. Okay. You're right. <laughs> so so African-American people. Right. So. And, and interestingly yes. enough, um, I had a business partner. Yes. Uh, <laughs> at the oh, time. Ron. Ron. And, and so the way this played out, uh, you did come to my office first. Mm -hmm. And we met, yes. and then we went into Ron's office. Mm. I, I don't, I don't know if you recall vaguely. Yeah. So you, Warwick, and I go into Ron's office, and then Warwick kind of exited out, and we mm -hmm. we finish interviewing. Here's the thing: I had never met, I had never met uh, Ted prior to that day, mm -hmm. but you rolled in, suited up. Yes. <laughs> you were dressed to impress, yes, uh, which probably hurt the case more than helped it. Most likely, <laughs> right? Because because Ron was uh, belt buckle and and Wranglers. cowboy boot wrangle <laughs> yes. man. The, I have never understood how some of these farmers squeeze into those the wranglers. Yes. At the, anyway, <laughs> uh, but any so you interviewed and it's it's interesting. We offered you a job right on the spot. More so with your influence, but yes. Well, <laughs> yes. so here's what the conversation, I don't know that I've ever shared this with you, uh -huh. um, but you, you kind of brought it up there a little bit. Right. When, you, when you left, Ron said, I don't know if he's going to be able to sell a heater and he could be the very best salesperson yep. in the world, but we're in some really racist backwoods. Mm -hmm. Like we never know what we're going to run into. Exactly. Did you ever experience that on the in the field? Um, one time. One time out of hundreds, hundreds of runs one time and one time, one person, one time, one person, it was a customer mm. and it was just, uh, when I, he came in, I spoke to him. He looked just grunted. <clears throat> okay. I didn't think twice about it. Sure. Me being me. Cause I, I carry myself to where is, I'm not going to put myself and say, Oh, he doesn't like me cause I'm black. Maybe he had a bad day. Right. 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 When I went to the bathroom in the back, cause this is what it typically are the back of the stores. I walked past them. And I turn my shoulder, look over, just looking behind me. He's waving his hand like he smells something. And I turn around and look. And then he just hurry up and start looking at something else again. And I walk past again. I'm going back further to the bathroom and look back again. He's still looking like with his lip turned up. Okay. Go back. Go back to my business. Right, right. And, but that's, that is the, the one time. only time. You know what's interesting is my response. And, and. I was actually, um, because my business partner was an old white guy, like, right. right? And I'm looking at him and, and not knowing where he is progressively or where his mind's right. at or whatever. And when you left, hit, like, it was a great conversation. And he didn't say anything other than a concern for that experience you had the mm -hmm. one time out of thousands of customers. Yes. And I also think that it's important, and this is going to dovetail. So I'm glad we went here because, so, so if you don't know this, 
the podcast isn't scripted. I'm, I don't script <laughs> it whenever I jump on here and go. We didn't script where we're going. We had a general, hey, we want to talk about power mm -hmm. and executing that power. But this is, this is going to dovetail right into what we were talking about last week. Yes. And, and what's cool about this is last week we were having a conversation and we were like, this is what the podcast needs to be. Right. And let's schedule up and just do it. And so the, the thing that I loved about you and that has continuously drawn me to you as a human being mm -hmm. is you've been through some shit in your life. Yes. And, and it's not my story to tell. Right. And, and not my place to tell it. But I am just going to say that if anybody that I've ever met in my entire life stands in front of me and says that they were given, they weren't <laughs> given a fair shake. Right. They didn't have the right opportunities. Right. I would like, I'm just going to give them your phone number and say, tell that bullshit story to this guy. Facts, big facts. Because you stepped into my organization and dominated. Yes, sir. You guys absolutely, you were top three, top one, two, almost every single week. Yes, sir. Without exception, no matter where we sent you. Yep. And so we rewarded that by sending you to the very best locations that we could. Exactly. And it happened to be those best locations were typically the ones that was thought to be the most controversial or racist. Right. But yeah. then when it made it happen, because I remember Mark used to do your the routes, he would be kind of concerned about my safety, not mm -hmm. about me selling, about my safety and going to these locations. But it's all how you carry yourself. And we're talking about this, like we went to the South. Yes, in some Tupelo, Mississippi, yeah. uh, <laughs> Tullahoma, was that, uh, wasn't, that's not, it was, uh, can't remember where Tullahoma was, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. yeah. Louisville, Alabama. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of these places that you would think like, don't go there. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, and, and this is, so what I love about this is you didn't operate in fear. Mm -mm. You executed, you knew the plan and you just did it. And I've watched you carry that mentality to every element as I've watched you grow. Because yes, our, our business evolved and we, we got to a point where we didn't have the sales crews anymore. So we had to shake hands yep. after one of the winter seasons. And, uh, and then you from there went... After I did that, I went to the back to the gym industry, became a district manager with 24 Hour Fitness, and then back to, uh, it was Aspen Athletic Club. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And then evolved into another industry that you have called home. Yeah, Merchant Services. Gotcha. Went there for four years, three and a half, four years, just to learn the ins and outs of the industry, mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. makes it work with ticks, what's the downfalls, so I can actually grasp that and start writing my own paychecks, hmm. making myself rich. Because if I, if not, what I'm going to what's going to happen is I'm going to be living out somebody else's dreams and be a part of their dream. Is that wrong? No, but yet still that wasn't my lane. That wasn't my place. Right. So I want to take every bit of knowledge that I've got and still have my connections so I can reach back to mentors. Not just cause you're on the podcast, you that would bounce you as a sounding board, bounce ideas off of right. And knowing who you were would give me that, unsolicited, uncut, whether I liked it or not, feedback. Right. Which most of what I've experienced with me being a strong, strong male, I would call it not even physically strong, but an alpha male, I call it that. People would tend to, especially my superiors, would tend to shy away from giving me feedback. You started to say strong black male. You, like I watched True. you, you were yeah. going, but like, and so I would just encourage you on the podcast, like no filter. Don't do that Fair enough. Just say whatever's on your mind because I, That's because true. there's somebody that needs to hear this Yes. and, and we're going to go like, we're going to, we're like, I want you to be in power. So let's get to it. You're alpha male. Love strong, that strong, strong guy. Male, yeah. Like you said, period. Yeah. And typically my superiors, the people that I had the answer to point of contacts was white mm. and they were not for lack of better words. I felt as if they were, I don't want to say intimidated because I don't want to come off as cocky or brazen. No, but it's okay. But you, 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 you are intimidating. Your confidence is intimidating. Yes. Forget like <clears throat> put a sheet over you. Right. Right. And, and over the manager, somebody with your level of confidence and directness yes. translates into something that is super intimidating to most people. And that's True. intensity. True. So yeah. you come off as a very intense person. Yes. Whenever you are laser focused. 100% correct. So. Yeah. So, um, that coupled with your physicality. Yes. I mean, a, I don't know. What are you, 230? I wish. I'm, right now, I'm 207. <laughs> okay. So, but where were you when we met? 
You were already. You were too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. You were. You were a lot. Yes. Like you had twenty more pounds and six percent, seven percent body fat. Like correct. Hardly nothing. And right. so it's just like I don't know how this guy fit into this right. into this sports coat. But right. if I piss him off, I'm afraid he's going to Hulk <laughs> out and it's going to shred at my feet. Right. Um. But so you, you're saying you felt like they were. You know, you're an alpha male. You're intense. Right. You're powerful. Physically, right. emotionally, and you walk into an environment and um, the people that were supposed to mentor me would not give me the honest feedback that, again, not just because you're on this podcast, but that you would give me that direct, honest feedback. Like, uh, that's cool, but look at this. Right. This is what you're not doing. And I never had that throughout my whole corporate America career. Right. And right. I appreciate that because, again, like you said, I could go into these locations and we're dealing with, like you said, 67, 70 year old conservatives that I would just literally, they would probably tuck their coats and grab their purse if they saw me coming <laughs> in the parking lot to being able to, how do I tone myself down to be more approachable so people wouldn't be intimidated to even talk or buy from me? Right. So that's a, that, that was a lesson that I've learned and it's constantly evolved over the years. Because again, because of my demeanor, my stature, my size, my attitude, and my passion about things. If I'm passionate about something, especially when it comes to sales and I believe in it, mm -hmm. you're not going to tell me anything that I'm going to give you all the benefits of why you should. Right. And right. then let you make that decision. But at the same time, I can have all the wealth of information. But if you don't want to talk to me, if I scare you, it does you no good. Right. So how do I, big me, become more of a kitten per se? Right, right. So... That's what I've had to learn over the years. And again, experience people that are not afraid to coach me and mm -hmm. be mentors to me, shape and help that out. So that's why I took it from there. Yeah. So, so whenever I was, whenever I was training salespeople, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still do this. The first thing that somebody has to do is product knowledge and scripting. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how many times. And, and for me, I had a room full of a hundred guys right. and girls that I needed to do it my way. Right. And, and every single one of them, for the most part, tried to, in some way, shape, fashion, form, right. alter the most basic element. Because if you figure out, okay, this is exactly how I take my product or service to market. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the same every single time. Mm -hmm. You don't, like, it, it's removing a variable. So some of the wealthiest guys in the world have the same outfit. You open their closet and it's the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Tend like Zuckerberg. Yep. Everybody hates him right now, but um, it, I, I don't hate him. I don't know him, but right. I don't like him a lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's the same T-shirt and blue jeans and sneakers and and repeated. Right. And and uh, Bezos is the same way. Mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos is so he also does that. Um, it's it's also something else that uh, um, Bill, Gates Bill Gates is known for. Um, Warren Buffett is another guy. But anyway, I, I use these guys as examples. And in the sales process, this is like 101. Mm -hmm. 101 is I taught a script. And so if I said, hey, I want you to do a presentation. We're going to do it in front of the class. Right. You're in a room full of, of 100 people who know exactly what you're supposed to say and not supposed to say. Mm -hmm. It's nerve wracking. But I find out if you've done it a thousand times or if you're out there fucking it up trying to do it your own way. Exactly. And so I had no problem giving somebody feedback on that because... If what they couldn't get through their heads is if they would learn the script and know exactly what to say, then it frees their mind yes. to focus on the people around them, the clients. Yep. And that was something you had to be able to do. Yes, sir. You had to read those micro cues so you could disarm and build trust. Yep. You had a, you had exactly. a bigger uphill battle than most. Exactly. Cause the, the man, I could go into some stories, <laughs> but but what I love about your story, and we skimmed right past it, is when that, and, and my, like, I'm gonna, I'll touch on this. My sales guys made 100 grand in easy, easy <laughs> in like four months mm -hmm. if they did what I told them to do. They could have taken the rest of the year off. Right. Um, I know you went and worked at the gym and hustled inside of that framework. Right. And then you just kind of let people know hey, when heater season comes back, I'm out. Yeah. Um, but when that ship sailed and the opportunity was gone, how did you hear about the merchant services business? I was in the gym industry and uh, funny that uh, 
Facebook, nobody likes, but yeah, yeah. that piqued my interest because I saw a young lady post herself next to a car. She said a company car. It was a Chrysler 300. So nice car. flashing diamonds and yada, yada. So that drew me to that. So I reached out to her, and she got me into contact with who happened to be somebody I know from the gym. Oh, cool. Got me into that door, and uh, I took it from there. And then I, what, what, I, what intrigued me about that was it wasn't a salary job. First, it was a salary job at 36000 a year. Sure. Ooh. Yeah, right, right. But again, I'm not complaining because it helped pay the bills and get me my foot in the door to fund me to be able to learn the industry. Hmm. My father-in-law calls that reading the book. Mm-hmm. I want to read somebody's book. Yes. And so he's lots of times said, have you ever, have you went and visited with that guy and read his book? Right. And what he's asking me is, did I go in and figure out what the secret sauce is to mm-hmm. the cake that they're baking? Exactly. And that's what you did. Exactly. So I love this because this is something that's super repeatable. And, and so many people, like literally the number of people who come into an environment and they say, like they're victims, <laughs> they're, they're, they're victims. How many young black men yes. have you visited with? And look, I could say the same thing. I, this is not a race conversation. Not even a little bit. Because every single person who who justifies I'm not there because mm-hmm. needs a fucking mirror. Yes. <laughs> like you don't, you don't get to finish that sentence. Right. I'm going to give you a mirror. Right. Because the only reason you didn't accomplish that one thing there is because of you. Exactly. And so what the, the practical rubber meets road here is um, how old were you when you made that reach? Um. I'll be 50 in a couple of months. Yes. Quit lying. Yes, 50 in February. You're, no, um, you're not. Are you lying? Seriously. February, t- yes, the that, 22nd. That yes. really pissed me off. Are you serious? Very. Dude, I thought, I thought you were 10 years younger than that. 50. You're going to be 50? Yes. Holy crap. Yes. So... I don't have old guys on my podcast. Hey, th- thanks so much, guys. <laughs> Savvy. <laughs> no, uh, wow. So I was 43 when I changed to merchant services people say that you don't don't change your career that far in the game or that old you're going to be scrambling and no because i have belief in me yeah i know what i'm capable of doing and i will always bet on me because Mm -hmm. i refuse i refuse to let my family down first of all i asked my wife i asked her father if i can marry her can i take her hand Mm-hmm. I know how he took care of her. This is part of my why. I knew how he took care of her. She's spoiled. You yeah. know she's <laughs> very spoiled. I know she's spoiled now, but she's yes. been that way her whole life. Is yes. that what you're saying? Yeah. Her whole life. So yeah. in order for me to be able to. Now, this woman, let, let me speak <laughs> on this for a second. This woman's a queen. Uh, when I, so you go, go back and reference the episode, Protect the Queen. This woman is a queen. And her king will rip your head off if you look cross-eyed at his queen. But the thing about this particular queen is you don't have to, he doesn't have to do that. Cause she'll rip your head off. Yes. Like the, she's an alpha queen. Like yes, the, this, is. this, like she's a powerful woman. Yes. And so, so just the fact that, that you're the king of that kingdom speaks volumes to your power. Cause I've watched mm-hmm. like, and, and how, like, let's, let's talk about her stature for <laughs> yes. a second. How tall is she? 411. And approximate like, yeah, don't tell him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So let's give her a bump there. She's around 100 pounds. There you go. And 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 under five feet. And she, like, I would not, I would not go at her. Right. There, there would be no. I would be like, whatever you want, Miss Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, but so you got a powerful, yes, a powerful lady, and you're speaking to the fact that who's maybe um, the men in her life have been required to. Right. Or have chose to elevate her so mm-hmm. that she doesn't have to fight the same struggle. Exactly. Okay. So now. that's why I did do everything that I can to make sure that I can provide for her. But taking a couple steps back, the main reason why I have the determination and drive that I do have is because I did not have a father growing up mm. or a dad growing up. Right. My mother was my mom and dad. Yeah. So growing up with three sisters. And my mom and the youngest boy, youngest son, for one, I couldn't be, I couldn't be. You were the youngest, you were the youngest and the only boy. Only one. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to be that guy and I refused to, I saw how we were raised. My mom didn't give us everything we wanted, but we had everything that we needed. 
Okay, so let's just a couple things here because I want to like let's paint the picture because you're right. going there. Um, mm-hmm. So single mother. Yes. This is this is the crooks. Like, there you go. So so I I've heard now. Look, we've talked about this. Yes. I believe that the degradation of our youth is because of the absence of the fathers. Yes. Like you and 100%. I agree on that. Hundred percent. Okay. So, but it's not an excuse. At is all. what your story says. Exactly. And and where were you raised? Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, like in 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 a Inner cute city. little suburb, no. like you you out in Liberty and in no. a in a paved neighborhood, you got good neighbors and <laughs> <laughs> that would be no. Um, Fifty seventh and Lydia, and if anybody's familiar with Fifty Seventh Street Rogue Dogs, that's where they derived from right there, and I was on that corner right when they started. Fifty Fifty Seventh and Lydia, the Fifty Seventh Street Rogue Dogs. You're familiar with them. Okay, so yeah, Bill's back yeah. here, eyes looking like yeah. golf balls. He's so, like taking it in, like what? My house All right. was the greenhouse yeah. right there on the corner. Uh huh. Right on Fifty Seventh Street. So, mm. yeah, yeah. So, so just so I understand, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a slow learner, right? And I want to make sure everybody's picking up. So, so you lived in the hood, very like, much so. the real hood, yes. Not the like some guys get a car that they're like, right. look, I live in the hood. Well, you, you got a lease summit address. Right. There's no hood in Lee summit. You exactly. might've lived in a, you, you lived in the part of town where yeah. um, it's, it's literally ride or die. Like that meant something. Yes. I mean, and then when I was growing up, it was more so the guy across sideways across the street had, she had Tony and three brothers. He was a pimp. Mm. So then I had, Obviously on 56th Street, drugs going up and down the street. So right. that was my environment. Right, right, right. That people say you're a product of your environment. <clears throat> I beg to differ. I see that. Did I succumb to it? Yes, I did. Right. But then again, I made that choice and decision later on in life. That mm. wasn't for me. Right. And that's not going to get me anywhere but another conversation where I've been before. Right. And if I decide to continue to take that road, but so yes, again, that's probably another podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for <laughs> sure. No, yeah. I totally agree. Like, look, I've talked to Ted <laughs> about being um, a co-host on yes. on the podcast because there's so many dynamic, you, yes. you know, perspectives to everything, and we get caught up. So, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go way off the deep end here. So when we talk about and you've hit, man, you've hit some nuggets <laughs> that, we've, that we've we've bounced over here. If you wanted a framework. If you wanted to know how to build wealth, you got a guy here who, who at 43 years old was at ground zero. (laughs) And when I say ground zero, like he had the ability to go to the gym environment, which he had been in Yes, eyes open, looking around what opportunities are here and executing to your fullest in those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Also recognizing that there's some scalability issues inside of the gym industry. Thank you. (laughs) So, so we've got that, which to me would turn me away from seeking wealth creation in the gym industry. Very correct. So then he says, well, all right, unemployed, lost my, lost my gig inside of, inside of selling the heaters, which, which has been providing comfortable lifestyle for five years or so, right? Very much so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and two, now I got to find something. So he takes a job and he said for only 36,000 a year. Correct. Like, look. When you've been making a hundred K in, in three or four months, only 36 is you just went poverty. Very true. <laughs> and, and so like, but here's the thing, like in that environment, a couple things, some people would say, get a job in that environment, get paid commission, jump up to six figures. I'm sure that was the conversation at the interview. We can get you to six figures. It's going to take 12 to 18 months. Right. You're going to have to hustle and work hard. You're going to introduce us to business owners. You know, you brought your boss. I met him, right. came and sat in my office. We converted our processing over. Correct. Like, so the hustle has always been there and you were chasing carrot, but what he was doing. <laughs> and this is if look, if you're at home and you're broke as fuck and you're thinking, how am I going to pay my bills? Like, why do these guys get the nice cars? Why do these guys live in the big houses? Why do they, why, 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 why that victim mentality, get that shit out of here. We don't want to hear it because what you did is you went into an environment and read their book. Yes, sir. And whenever the time was right, you wrote your own version 
of that manuscript. That's exactly correct. How much money did you have to have in the bank to start your business? I mean, hundred percent correct. None. No, so, so somebody <laughs> could get now you had the, the barrier to entry here is big because you paid, you paid four or five years of your life. Right. So we're talking your, your 46, 47 years old, man, right. <laughs> Not getting younger. Right. But you've got a young family. Exactly. You're how, how old's your boy? He is just turned 11, 11 years yeah. old. So we, we, but then he's, he's seven, eight years old. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking at wifey saying, listen, queen, I'm going to start from nothing. Mm -hmm. This over here. And I just know some of the story. So yes, sir. What, the mountain we're on, I see some tremors. I think it could crumble. Right. But I'm, I'm not going to be a victim of riding the wave till it hits the rocks. Exactly. So, so talk through how, what was that conversation like? Because I, I want the women who listen to the Bulletproof Mafia to, to know maybe the right and proper way to respond. Because I have a feeling I, have, I know what this sounded like. But what did it sound like when you went to Natalie and said, hey, I'm burning the boats. Like, we're, I'm going for it. Um, and if I'm wrong, like, just tell me what it was. So, yes, you are somewhat wrong. But you were right. Because in the very beginning, take it back to when I left corporate America, I was working at Freight Quote. As a, uh, I could have stayed there for what that was forty thousand a year plus mm -hmm. commissions. Mm -hmm. I was using that as a gapper until to work with y'all, right? At, right. At, at living well. Yep. So I was secured for a one k the whole nine to walk away to. I want to be able to control and be able to write my own paycheck. If I, how, how hard I work, it's what I'm going to get rewarded on the pay mm -hmm. for living well. Mm -hmm. Did I know living well is going to be? around for a long time no but the conversation i had with the wife was um i believe this is going to actually take us to where we want to be it's going to make us more comfortable and the relationship that we have she doesn't question me and i take that that not that oh she knows better not to question me because you know my wife yeah she will question whatever and everything whatever she wants, right but she trusts me in the fact that i'm not going to let them down Right. 100%. So I've told you this before. Any move that I've made, she's been quiet. Mm -hmm. said, if you think this is right, you go right ahead. Yeah, she hasn't been quiet, but she hasn't been destructive. There you go. Or distracting. Or distracting. That's the most important is yeah, distracting. Oh, boy. Because, again, she could be like, well, are you sure? And then, yeah. And then all every, well, how's it looking? Or are you sure this is going to happen? How are we going to pay this? How is this going to get done, taken care of? Because, again, like you said, I went from... Three times mm -hmm. from my age 43 to now that it's been, I've had to literally start over from zero. Mm -hmm. And when I say zero, that means not, I'm, I'm literally check to check to make sure everything's getting taken care of, taken out of my face, my mouth and what I want to make sure that they're taken care of. Then I have to miss skip a beat on their lifestyle. Right. But she trusted, she never knew a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. I never let her see that, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. So I'm, you know, that I'm similarly blessed inside of it, but it's blessed. Isn't always the right word because this is an earned trust. Very much. So very we, much. We say like, I remember early in my marriage, it was an interesting conversation. And the reason that it was so interesting was because I hadn't earned the trust. Right. And you know who my wife did trust, same as your wife. Who'd, who'd your wife trust until you earned the trust? Dad. Her dad. Exactly. Same yeah. with mine. And, and what's funny, whenever the, whenever the switch clicked, mm -hmm. and whenever, whenever my wife evolved to a point of, I recognize that you have authority and power, mm -hmm. and she became a catalyst instead of an anchor. Yes, Night and, day. Night and day. I'm talking about, I was 25 years old, 300 K in debt, <laughs> no assets. Right. Everything was depreciating. Like I was bankruptcy bound. Right. And, and at 28, so we're talking, it was, it was literally 30 months of my life. Right. At 28, I clocked my first seven figure net worth moment. There you go. 30 months from, for a $1.3 million swing. Right. And I know you've experienced similar swings yes. as an entrepreneur, but now inside of that was a lot of, I sat down with joy, the same as you're talking about right now. I said, Hey, look, um, 
I see what the girls are eating, but why, what's with the hot dogs and mac and cheese for us? Right. You know, and, and that was, we sat down and said, okay, look, building the dream is more important than our short term, our short term comfortability. Exactly. And you had the same conversation because you're sitting here saying, Hey, there were sacrifices on the front side. I know just cause again, I know mm -hmm. your sacrifice. So let's talk about it. Like from a, from a power standpoint, because I, like, I just can't stress enough. Oh, all right here. I'm looking around for which camera's got the, like, it's not easy. The easiest thing you can do is go get a job and fit your lifestyle inside of your income. Like that is literally the easiest thing. And you're miserable. Very few people who are listening to this think I love what I do every single day. Very few people who are listening to this are executing at, at your most optimal spot. You're spending three or four hours a day on social media. You're not putting out, you're not sacrificing You're you're in home in, in time to have your beer, your bourbon or whatever your, your perfect mix is watching the same show, doing the same routine, living a mediocre existence because that's the easiest. But when you say, I have a family, mm -hmm. I have a queen, I have children and I'm not going to fail them. Yeah. You just do whatever it takes to succeed. Exactly. And so if, if I were going to recreate the steps now, this is, there's so much more meat to this than what I'm right. going to be able to touch. But if I'm at zero, I start hunting for a job Correct. that interests me and also has a big upside. There you go. Because if they're paying a, a salesperson a high commission, it probably means that they're high revenue. There you go. Read their book, learn to do what they do, be a good employee, be a good soldier. Yes. Before I start thinking about being a general. Exactly. And what's interesting is, could they have done something different that would have kept you? No. There would have been a time. No. Because you knew you were meant for more. Yes. Than fueling somebody else's dream. Boom. That's it. I love it. It's the facts. That, that power, that decision, that, and, and this is why I wanted to, to kind of go down this rabbit hole. I wanted there to be like practical, like rubber to the road. Right. If we were going to, if we were going to give somebody a, a pathway to success, my story inside of, if I took out the element of, of the route that I chose to go, right? If, 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 if the part of my story from 25 to 28 wasn't the same, mm -hmm. if my evolution up into that business even further and into my mid thirties, when we got completely out of the heater business, we had several companies rolling. If none of that had happened in my early twenties, I went to work at a new car store, right? They taught me the value of scripting. Mm -hmm. They taught me the value, the, the values of overcoming objections. Yes of recognizing that people want your product and service. They just don't want it sold to them. Yes. <laughs> right. hundred yeah, percent. And, and so all of those things were the exact, like I knew the car business. I had read the book. Right. And so two decades later, when I'm like, man, I want to start a new company. I wonder what industry. Well, I know how to sell cars and I, I think I could make that work. Right. I had the framework when you said, Hey, I'm in merchant services. I kn you knew the framework, right? But it was because we were good soldiers first. Exactly. Knew how to follow before we tried to lead. Hmm. Yeah. So what's like, if you had something that you were going to say to this person, this person who's not living the version that they want, who feels like, man, the world's kicked me, shoved me down. Like I, I like, what would, what would you say to somebody? And, and what would that feel like? And like red dots where the camera is, but, okay. um, like what, just what's the one thing that you would say to somebody kind of on the back of this conversation? Right. Um, stop questioning and worrying about what could go wrong and focus on everything that you know that you can do that's going to make things right. People worry about concerning themselves with, well, this might go wrong. This might go wrong. How about put all that energy into, I know I can make this part work and I know this is going to go right. That's it. That's literally it. Stop worrying about the negative and start thinking about the positive. Easier said than done. It's a mindset shift. It's a, just like working out. It's constant reps over and over again, realizing, hey, I am everything. I'm capable of doing anything that I put my mind to if I actually just take that first step in that first step of massive action. Massive Period. action. Massive action. Not just regular action, massive action. 
and massive action in your story was <laughs> the the latest chapter of your story. Um, getting off my ass and well, I can't even say getting off my ass because I've never been the type to just sit around and wait for anything. It was just go get up, go out, and go get it. For I'm yourself, not, not for, for somebody else. Exactly. I'm going to make myself, as I make myself rich and make myself more formidable, that in itself is going to be able to help me create wealth with other people. And not just for me to have a, well, if I fall back on bad times, I can go reach out to those people because building those bridges to, put, to help them come up to, so they can see and achieve their dreams. But first and foremost, they have to believe in themselves. Right. You got to believe you can do it before you can even attempt to do it yourself. Right. So there is, um, uh, in Think and Grow Rich, one mm -hmm. of the principles in there is if you can conceive it with your mind, you can create it in this life. Mm -hmm. And and that's, you know, I think that's the hardest thing. One of the least flex muscles is vision. Yeah. Like we, we, we get stuck in this pathway of this is the thing that we hmm. do. This is how we operate. This is the hand we've been dealt. Yes. But it's horseshit. Very much so. I mean, look, it's as simple as somebody says, well, I get a job at McDonald's. That that's the only McDonald's is the only place that hires me. Well, McDonald's as a restaurant is one of the best built efficient machines in the world. Mm -hmm. You you're telling me you couldn't go to work at McDonald's and learn what you need to understand to create a, a, a restaurant of your own. You couldn't, you couldn't sacrifice four or five, six years of your life, live below your means, put 10% of your earnings into a savings and begin the process. And now we got McDonald's in the U S right now paying $21 an hour. Shit. Right. That's more than you took. You need to take that well, that's from out here, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you got, you got this, this space where you're making $21 an hour. Like you can live for less than that. That's 42 right. K a year. You start at less than that at a credit at merchant services, credit exactly. card processing. And so inside of that space, somebody could literally put away and open their own little taco stand. They could buy, they could rent a, a food truck. They exactly. could like, there's no element and there's no industry. And so the thing that I would say to you is, and I've talked about this lots of times when you add value to the marketplace. So, so Ted's company allows my customers to seamlessly transact with us in in the needs that they have as it pertains to their automobiles. And in exchange for giving me a platform that allows my customers to transact with us using their cards or digital checks or whatever the case may be, it it then adds value to them. They don't have to go to the bank. They don't have to do this. They don't have to do that. Like it's right now. And that value pays him. Yes. And so what he did was he found an area that when he added value to the marketplace, the marketplace repaid him. And he said, man, if I make a few cents here, how many times could I duplicate that success? What level of work would it take? How many times would I have to du duplicate that success to live a life of freedom? Mm -hmm. And then he, then he got, like he said, he got off his ass and went and executed on that. Not that you were on your physical ass. Right. But you, you said, I'm going to disconnect from the machine of building yes. somebody else's dream. Yes. And I'm going to, I'm going to duplicate this value proposition, the marketplace again and again and again and again and again. Exactly. And then like he was talking about time under tension reps that time under tension is look, being an entrepreneur is freaking stressful. Mm -hmm. You literally want to rip some people's throats <laughs> out. Like customers can be Karen's. Yes. They're going or Carl's or whatever. Right. But, but inside of, inside of that, there are so many, like the massive mountain of really wonderful people that we get to help. And so what's that thing you enjoy? What's that thing that you can do? And how do you duplicate that value proposition? And then it's just like, it's such a simple formula. You know how to get, if you can get somebody to pay you one time and you can make a profit on that one transaction. The only secret to building the machine is figuring out a way to tell the world that you, you do that transaction for profit and then duplicating the shit out of it. And then it just becomes a process of, of duplicating yourself. Exactly. So how many yous are out there running around right now? Right now is close to being me about three. There, there are three people out. Yes. So three years ago, you were out there grinding, exactly. hustling beating it down. And then you said, I need to add somebody. Correct. I need to add somebody else. These two are doing okay. And I've yeah. got them trained up. Let's add somebody else. Mm -hmm. Are you going to stop with three? No, I'm not. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I love it. 
And what I, what, something to take, take back to what you said about uh, the sales industry when you was out there at Brookfield teaching everybody, we, I call it being disciplined to that process. Because there's a process, like you said, right. that to sell and to acquire business, you take that same process, don't deviate from that process when you're building your own business, just replicating that over and over and over again. Because again, that process is there for a reason. It's tried and true. How you was doing that sales technique, it tried. You tried it. It was true, and it created you a wealth. Right. Why deviate from that? Why try to make it my own? Boom. No, it's so good. Yes. It's so good. Because look, we didn't create that scripting. Exactly. Because it didn't work. Mm -hmm. We had objections to overcome, and we learned what those were, and we yes. we re-architected the scripting to to I call Eminem close people. Yes. You, you know the end of Eight Mile. Whenever Eminem's like. I am a, I am poor white trash. I do live in a trailer with my mom. My buddy Cheddar is an uncle Tom, right? Cheddar Bob did shoot himself like, or whatever, like that last line, right? He just Eminem closed the shit out of Papa doc. Exactly. He's 100%. like, these are all the things that I know that you're going to object to mm -hmm. on the front side. Tell them something that they yes. don't know about me. <laughs> Take away that power. Right. And so we had done that in this scripting. We yep. do that in every, every business I own that has sales consultants yes. that deal with retail customers and the same for you. Yes, sir. You teach your people, look, I'm not telling you to do it this certain way because I want you to be uncomfortable. Right. But that little bit of discomfort that you learn to overcome will result in copious amounts of revenue. Exactly. Ah. Stick to the script. I love it. Yes, sir. And that is one of the keys to how we operate in power. How we build that wealth. Yes, sir. How we scale our companies. Like I, I just think that there's a lot. We, we literally, I don't know how long we've been going. <laughs> hot minute here. Um, but I, I love the conversation. I'd love yes, to have you back. Oh, yeah. The, we said too many teasers out there. Oh, man. A couple. <laughs> yes, a few. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, I, when, when we're talking about power, we're not talking about physicality and strength. I mean, when, when you, when you, like, I, I, I suggest you jump over onto YouTube, you search up Michael Munsterman, you'll find my channel. We'll have this video up. Look at the interactions here. When you, when you watch Ted, as he communicates, Ted's physicality says, look, I'm a humble man, but there's so much power inside of that humble nature that it commands a, a respect and an authority. But that's something that, that you can duplicate. You can literally walk into an environment, be humble learn, be open to being, being a good follower, learn their processes, learn their scripts. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Just take what, what you've been taught and take notes. My, my grandpa used to call it walking with your eyes open mm -hmm. because you walk into an environment and, and you're not there to steal their, their intellectual property or steal their business model or steal. You're in there to like, that's your university. I didn't go to college. Did you go to college? No, sir. I didn't go to college. So two guys sitting here running our own thing. We could take any amount of time off we want and go do whatever we want to do. Is that that's fair? Very statement? much so. Yes. Right. Um, I know you're. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna. Teasers. There's another teaser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not go down the rabbit hole. But but it's because at some point in our career we walked with our eyes open. We learned a system. We learned we learned how to be good followers, and then we 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 graduated to being a leader. And the only person we led in the beginning of both of our journeys were ourselves. Yes, sir. 100%. I mean, in that heater business, I, whenever I went out on my own, I had a job making over $100,000 a year as a conductor on the railroad. Yes, sir. Everyone told me I was nuts. I worked in my living room during the day, creating the ads, sending the ads to newspapers, newspapers. Monday. To, yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Newspapers is, it's a, <laughs> it's like this white ruffled up stack of papers for, for all you have, don't, don't yes. know what a newspaper is anymore. Um, those, those anyway, yeah. I'll quit clowning, but, but man, I just can't tell you, you never look back at that journey and regret it. And as I sit here and I look at Ted, a guy who walked into my office and said, look, I'm going to sell my ass off for you. Give me a chance. I'm so thankful that I did because it's not just that, that he was successful in selling heaters and made money, which he did, but it was, we were able to build a really beautiful friendship. Uh, we, we don't, I, I say this because <laughs> I think that in this cancel culture we live in right now, that there's a lot of people who believe you have to agree on absolutely everything to be good friends. It's not perfect. We had a, we had a, <laughs> look, 
We had a disagreement this morning yeah. before we got on here. We were, we were not always in sync. Yeah. But I'll tell you the thing that I would take one of these relationships over a thousand fake ass yes men any day of my life. And so I hope that you glean something from this in the comments, hit any questions. Um, Ted and I will both respond to anything you've got, but, but um, be sure to like the podcast, share it. If you got anything from this, tell a friend about it uh, and check out some of the other episodes. There's a lot of good stuff in there and, and we're really trying to foster a mentality of entrepreneurship, not so that you can chase the gold bars, but so that you can live that life that, that, that you deserve that life of adding value to the world with un, like unapologetically, no excuses, no bullshit. Anybody can do it. Like I think our next podcast should be maybe something like, uh, um, like uh, cracks in the foundation or something that is talks about like we go deep on upbringing. Yes. And I agree. because I think that, I think that one of the biggest stories that people run in their head is they believe that their circumstance defines them. Good day. <laughs> yeah. So we'll schedule up as soon as <laughs> yes. we hang up. All right. Yes. Look, um, operate in power. Look for opportunity. If you can't, if you call, like if you, if you email me, it's Michael at michaelmunsterman.com. You send me an email. Tell me what you do for a living and tell me why you're broken, why you can't get out of the cycle. And I will tell you why you're a liar. But I'll literally, anybody who does that, I'll jump on a call with you and we can genuinely talk about your circumstance. And if I can't come up with a solution, you'll be, you'll be third person on the podcast. We'll get you on here. And the three of us will chat through the stories that are holding you back from just freeing up who you are and, and what your potential is. Savvy.